You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is an absolutely stunning day here in Seattle, Michigan. Can you believe it's May 1st? It does not look, nor does it feel like May 1st. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group, getting a little bit of a later start than I would have liked to today. It's like 3 p.m., not what I had in the cards for the day, but uh, it's... uh, You ever have one of those days where you, you... Like whether I'm assuming a lot of you probably are going into an office or whatever. Obviously, I work from home. But uh, you ever have one of those days if it's like a weekend or something like that, you've been really busy. You have all these ideas of what you're going to do. And then you just like crash the first moment you can. And then maybe that next day, like you intend on doing some other stuff. And instead, you just you you go ham with some other things for me today because yesterday was a crash day. Uh, and then, uh, today I was like, all right, let's get to work And The work ended up being starting to kind of get this house together a little bit. It's just been like nonstop. Cause it was just like the clutter of boxes was just driving me insane. Anyway, uh, that's, that might be what I've been doing today. What happened over the weekend was we saw nine Michigan football players get drafted. That is the third most in all of college football. Yes. That's more three more than Ohio state or Penn State, who had some kind of surprising guys not go. Uh, the uh, the eternal talker, Cam Brown, undrafted. Yeah, that's right, undrafted. I'm going to move the camera a little bit. Um, <laughs> Cam Brown, undrafted. P.J. Mustafer, surprisingly undrafted. Uh, some, some of those guys that you would have thought for sure were going. Whereas Michigan, conversely, is putting kickers into the into the league in day two. Insane. We're going to go over. I did like a grading thing on Wolverine's Wire where I graded it from the player perspective. We'll kind of do a little bit of uh, looking at that as in terms of where each player went, how they uh, how they did as far as, you know, what their expectations were, uh, all of that. And then we'll so we'll do that for the first two segments. And then we're going to get into East Lansing, what's going on over there, because they're just, it's falling apart over there. Don't listen to anyone that tells you that, that it's not, right? Like, <laughs> it, it, it's one thing when, you know, you have a quarterback that's beaten out and he decides he's going to leave. It's another thing entirely, like if, if J.J. McCarthy, uh, let's say Roman Wilson or Cornelius Johnson, either or, uh, and then uh, Will Johnson all decided to leave in an offseason. It would be one of those things where we'd all be looking at it as a disaster. And yet, kind of what I've seen from some of the East people out of East Lansing is like, Officer Barbrading, and nothing to see here. Move along, folks. So we'll get to that. It's a very long prelude. So nine Michigan players drafted. We already covered Mozzie Smith in round one going to the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys decided they love Wolverines. And uh, and they decided to go with Luke Schoonmaker in the second round. Which is absolutely just as much as Mozzie. And for those who didn't listen to, to Friday's episode, uh, Mozzie Smith to the Dallas Cowboys is about as perfect of a fit. Like it was the only team I could kind of really see him playing for for whatever reason. So that made sense. 
And kind of in the same vein, it's the same thing for Luke Schoonmaker, who is just like you're they as if Jerry Jones went into a lab and decided to draw up what uh, what a tight end would look like for the Dallas Cowboys. Keeping in mind, Dallas Cowboys love taking tight ends in the draft. It's like an every other draft type scenario for them. They already have Luke Schoonmaker. Uh, well, they got Luke Schoonmaker. They already had Sean McCune as an undrafted free agent. They briefly went with Nick Eubanks as an undrafted free agent, which kind of doesn't really fit their style, right? Like they like the the blocky, catchy types, not the the. I'm just a big wide receiver. Like I can't imagine Dallas taking Colston Loveland, right? Like that's I don't think that's gonna happen. That he's more of a, uh, probably like a Saints or a Forty Niners, uh, or you know someone more like that. You know what I mean? So uh, that is big for Luke, right? Getting a second round. like He wasn't in any mock draft that I saw in the second. I think I saw one or two of him in the third. Uh, I would imagine most people were thinking like the, the fourth. And it, it was funny seeing some of the Dallas Cowboys rea- uh, fans reactions. Remember Cameron Magruder was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up, hold up, hold up. What is this all about? And I was like... You know what? No, this is this. You're going to love this guy like you're going to love Mozzie. You're going to love Luke Schoonmaker because he's exactly the type of guy that uh, the Dallas Cowboys would take. Whether they could have gotten him in the third round is immaterial. Um, and I think sometimes that's the case, right? You, you talk about the Detroit Lions, for instance. A lot of people were really upset about uh, their draft, at least in the first two days. The way I looked at it is if you just shuffle the order, if you made it Brian Branch, Jameer Gibbs, Jack Campbell, uh, and and then Sam Laporta. I think people would have been like, "Oh yeah, okay, that's cool, that works." It's so sometimes it, it doesn't necessarily go in the order you think it will. But if you still get the the types of players, you know that you that you want to get, then that's the important thing. Um, so I I think that that's an A plus win for both Luke Schoonmaker and the Dallas Cowboys. DJ Turner went a couple uh, a couple picks behind him a little bit. Uh, yeah, was it like two picks behind him or something like that? That's how it always goes, by the way. It's kind of funny how that works. It's always like uh, you get one guy published. This is why you do pre-writes. You get one guy published, and then the next guy's going to go sometime in the next five minutes. It just always goes that way. Uh, but uh, DJ Turner goes to the Cincinnati Bengals and gets to reteam with Daxton Hill in the defensive backfield there. Fastest man in the draft falls to the 60th pick in the uh, overall in the second round. So tail end of the second round. I think that's a little disappointing because I think that when you're the fastest guy in the draft, you hope you go a little bit earlier. There were probably like seven cornerbacks taken before him. Still went ahead of some other guys that were, you know, you would think would be, you know, pretty high. Keely Ringo from Georgia going in like the, what, fourth round. Uh, so it's um, it's a pretty good deal that he did go in the second and not the third. Because it seems like usually Michigan has those types of guys go in the third. So he's still, the, the fact that they had three draft picks in the first two rounds is very un-Michigan like in some ways. Now, no, they had three draft picks in the first two rounds last year uh, and certainly could have been three first round picks if David Ajao doesn't get hurt. But uh, nonetheless, I mean, it's it, it, it is definitely one of those things where um, I think that it's DJ Turner could have done uh, a little bit better, but I, I say it's like a B, B plus type pick. 
All right, we so we've got a lot more. We'll get to we'll get to round three and on here momentarily. Uh, but before we do that, uh, make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. That's one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Uh, I'm sure there are all kinds of teams in the NBA playoffs, right? Like uh, the Chargers, the Jets. That's wait, that's NFL. I don't watch the NBA, but I'm going to tell you, NBA playoffs, go for it. Is it Lakers and the Grizzlies? I think that's a thing. Those are probably the only two that I can name that are in the playoffs right now. I I could not, if you you did a gun to head, is the the Warriors in it? Probably. And I say that as someone who used to be such a huge NBA fan with the going to work Pistons and the bad boys Pistons and all of that. Anyway. Uh, there's no better place to bet or nope. Yeah. No better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on. Get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, if you were listening to an ad-supported version of this, you heard me talk about how I don't watch the NBA. It's kind of funny. No, I, I stopped watching the NBA when I moved to Los Angeles in 2008 because uh, me and my roommate, we got the whatever version was a league pass, like their Sunday ticket. Uh, and But the Pistons always played at 4 p.m. I didn't get home until like 8 p.m., so... I kind of fell out of touch with the NBA at that point. Um, at that point, I probably knew every single player, every single coach, all of that, and I fell out of touch with it. And then when I moved back here in 2012, it just wasn't the same. I remember going to a Pistons game in 2013, 2014, something like that, and just being like, oh, this is not... Granted, they were bad at that point, but it just it did not have the same appeal. But I don't watch a lot of sports outside of college football. To be honest, I watch a little bit of NFL, but it's just a very little bit. And I don't watch anything else because college football, it's like it, it, it does it for me, right? Like I used to watch everything. I used to watch every NFL game I could get my hands on. I remember being so excited one, uh, one week uh, for uh, the Colts and it was the, the Packers at the Colts. Brett Favre versus Peyton Manning and just being like, oh, this is going to be so good. Now it's like. If you told me any any matchup, I'd just be like, I don't really care. College football satiates it all for me. That said, I mean, I still enjoyed the draft. Days days one and two. Day three is awful because <laughs> you have to be on high alert for seven hours. Um. Anyhow, got Zuri here who's very confused as to why this podcast is happening. Let's get to the Jake Moody pick. Number 99 overall to the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, I told you, if you listened to my my draft, like where could they go in the draft spiel? I told you he could go as high as the third round. I remember saying it to, to some colleagues and they just laughed at me. They're like, ha, that's, you, you tell really, really funny jokes. You are a very funny person. I told you he could go in the third round. Because when you when you need a guy who is automatic, it and he's gonna be on your team for fifteen years potentially, you just go get him early, right? Like I understand you can wait, but it's like that guy is gonna get you points. He could lead your team in points 
Like, he could be your all-time leading scorer. Why wouldn't you go get him in the third round? Get him before anyone else has that opportunity. That said, I didn't expect it to happen. Uh, Trent ended up writing up the article. I hadn't pre-written Jake uh, because I thought he was going to be the next day. So I was like, I can just write that tomorrow uh, before the draft starts. And I actually was like, hey, I got to run over to my grandma's and do something real quick. She's a mile away. So I'm like, just get, like if I'm going to be gone for 10, maybe 15 minutes, if you could cover for me. And I had gotten back in the car to come back home. I was gone six minutes, if that. And he's like, Jake Moody just got drafted. Like, figures. AA plus, 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 plus. This is, it's just as good as a situation as you can be. Like, that is where if you're a kicker, you dream of being, right? So uh, I still think it's really funny uh, that uh, I think, what, where is he from? NBC. I don't, I don't remember where he's from. Chris Trapasso. I remember his name. He said that uh, he questioned the pick and said that Jake Moody does not have a big leg. And this just goes to show, and I, I know it's an impossible task to cover everybody in college football, but like, just get the basic facts right. Like that one guy, and I don't remember who it was now, who uh, said that uh, Devin Bush does not have good sideline to sideline speed. You remember that? In, in, uh, in 2019, the 2019 draft? They were like, Devin Bush, the, one, the, the big knock on him is he, he's not fast. Oh, really? So the one thing that he is good at, you'd say he isn't. <laughs> so uh, it's just funny when it goes that way. Uh, Michigan fans had to wait uh, a little bit for the next pick. No one in round four. Round five, uh, within uh, four picks of each other, you had, uh, you had both Mike Morris and Olu going to the Seahawks in the fifth round, in kind of the late fifth round. Uh, here's an, an interesting thing is you had nine players drafted by five teams. The only only outlier was Ryan Hayes, who went to the Miami Dolphins. But otherwise, the, the, the Cowboys picked two, the 49ers picked two, uh, the Seahawks picked two, and the Bengals picked two. So clearly, I mean, all of these teams really were honed in on what Michigan guys were doing. So I think this was great for Olu. Uh, I, I did read a piece on ESPN with Chris Lowe saying like he, he slipped. There were some that didn't even have him going in the uh, going in the draft at all. Uh, however, and I do think he, that he did go a little low in the fifth round. Uh, but some people have kind of questioned things like his arm length and and size overall, his height. And how and the fact that he is really just a center all the way. He's not a guy you can flex out to guard like Cesar Ruiz did, right? So, uh, I, nonetheless, I mean, he's a guy who's a mauler. He's a Remington and Outland Trophy Award winner. And I think that that's really great for him. Mike Morris, it's a disappointing scenario, especially because he breaks the streak of starting Michigan defensive ends going in the first three rounds of the draft. So that's not a that's not a great thing for Michigan or for Mike Morris. Mike Morris, I think probably when he uh, when he decided he was going in the draft, I think probably thought of himself as a second or maybe third rounder. So to go in the fifth round is kind of a disappointing scenario, right? So uh, it is what it is. Uh, he's gonna have to put that shoulder chip on and do the best he can uh, to. I mean, when you're a fifth round pick, you're not a guarantee to make a roster. But you certainly, it's not out of the realm of possibility. He's got that opportunity. I think the speed thing kind of hurt him a bit. So we'll see uh, We'll see how that ends up going for him. Uh, but uh, Olu, I think it went a little bit better because he was a guy that many weren't necessarily thinking were dra- gonna, 
that he might not have been drafted. Uh, I think that was probably an omission by forgetting. <laughs> and, and then some of them, I remember one of them, the people that said that, like, oh, it's just, you know, scouts aren't really, they're not really talking about him or whatever. I'm like, okay. Um, but for Mike Morris, it's a little bit more disappointing. So I think when he declared, I think we all probably thought of him as a second or third round guy. And I think that's probably where he thought he was going. Six round Brad Robbins goes to the Bengals. I think that's great for him getting to go pretty close to home. He's from the Westerville, which is a suburb of Columbus. Uh, and, uh, so he goes back to Ohio as well. Um, I, I didn't think it was a shoe in. I didn't pre-write him because I thought that he might go undrafted because he'd been a little streaky. This last year wasn't his best year. Uh, but I think, you know, when, when you're a punter and you have the ability, the directionality of your kicks the way he does, and that's one of the things Cincinnati had spoken about is the, getting a punter that has the type of hang time that he gets uh, is really crucial. Uh, but he, he had his moments where it was kind of shaky uh, compared to some of these other years. Last year, he was kicking at 46 yards per, uh, 45 yards per in 2021, this uh, or 2020 rather. And in uh, 2022, he had uh, he was kicking at about 42 yards. So lost a little bit of the, the curveball there. But uh, nonetheless, went about where you would think he would go. So I gave him, I gave him I think, like a B or a C kind of average. You know, like that's where you expect the punter to go is probably if they're going to get drafted, get drafted in the sixth round. So then Michigan had two guys picked in the seventh. Uh, Ryan Hayes, literally moments, like probably 30, 40 seconds after I had texted Clayton Safey from Mon3 saying, I don't think Ryan Hayes is going to get drafted. Uh, he got drafted by the Dolphins. Stephen Ross steps it up, says he can't let him go. I think that that's kind of a, a, another weird thing, right? Like, because I remember, I couldn't find it, but I remember seeing a mock draft after tw- the uh, 2020, going into the 2021 draft. Uh, or after the 2021 draft, I think, where it was like Ryan Hayes, first round type guy, didn't end up going that way. I think that was going into the 2021 season. It was like a too early. It was like Aiden and Ryan Hayes were like the two, the two guys. Uh, and to be a starting left tackle that you didn't really hear, you didn't really hear much about him, positive or negative, to be honest, uh, as far as his job performance. It wasn't like we were sitting here coming on and being like, that this line is is a Joe Moore award winning offensive line, except for that Ryan Hayes, you know. Uh, but to 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 be the left tackle uh, on both teams and go in the seventh round near the bottom of the draft is kind of surprising, uh, especially considering it's like the if you're a good Michigan offensive lineman, you tend to go pretty high, and the ones that didn't go pretty high, like Michael on on when you is just killing it. John Runyon starter just killing it. So. Uh, certainly as an opportunity, it's frustrating, but it is what it is. Uh, the other one would be Ronnie Bell, who uh, went to six spots higher than Mr. Relevant at number 253 overall to the San Francisco 49ers. That's a huge win for, I think, both parties involved. He didn't quite turn out to be Chris Olave as I had thought he would. Had similar stats up until his ACL tear, uh, save for touchdowns. You know, remember, he led the team in receptions in 2020. Uh, sorry, 2019, but uh, had one touchdown <laughs> on the year, but had similar receiving yards. Uh, doesn't have the sticky hands the same way that Chris Olave. Chris Olave was making circus catches. Ronnie Bell was just getting open. Uh, and I wonder if his ACL tear from two years ago, if that played a part. But he had 900 yards, bailed 899 this last year. Uh, still wasn't quite 
Didn't he was very good. I don't think he was as good as he was going to be in 2021 before the injury, to be honest. Uh, but uh, the fact that he got drafted is huge. It's probably good for his demeanor to, to go late so that it can be kind of more of the, all right, I just got to do it again. Being a three-star, a guy with like no opportunities, go out and do it again. Prove that I can be a mainstay in the league. So I'm not that mad at it. It's better than him being Mr. Relevant, which I saw a mock draft with him going there. So then you have the two undrafted free agents. You have Jamon Green, who had another year of eligibility, decided to go into the draft, goes undrafted, gets picked up by the New York Giants. It's always a fail when you have some time left and you decide that you're going to go because it is a huge uphill battle. It's not unheard of, but it's like it's like being a walk-on, making a roster and becoming a starter. It's not terribly likely. So that's difficult. Uh, on the converse side, you have Joel Honigford, who wasn't a featured player for Michigan by any stretch, right? A rotational tight end that had one catch in his career uh, to go to the Arizona Cardinals. Just to get an opportunity, I think, is a huge win for him. That's an A++. I know I didn't give grades to everybody, but I, those are my thoughts on everybody. That's uh, I think it was a really good draft for Michigan out of the the 11 possible guys that could be drafted. 12, if you want to car- count Carter Selzer, who... I mean, it wasn't even a rotational player. Uh, then, uh, I mean, you had nine of them get drafted. I mean, that's that's a really good hit rate, and it's a really good uh, – it really speaks really well about Michigan's development because when you look at that, uh, Mozzie was the only guy who was, like, really top of class, first-round guy, and then everyone else wasn't. So uh, and when you consider Jake Moody, third round, Ronnie Bell, even in going into the seventh round, these were the bottom guys in the 2018 class. Literally the two bottom guys. So that's huge. All right, let's talk about Michigan State here in a moment. Okay, so let's finish out talking about everything going on at Michigan State. In case you missed it, I know you didn't. Michigan State had three guys enter the NCAA transfer portal yesterday, Sunday, uh, and it was kind of shocking because it was Peyton Thorne, Keon Coleman, and Charles Brantley. Like, three, the three guys on that team I can name. <laughs> it's insane, right? To lose your starting quarterback, you have a wide receiver in Keon Coleman who is maybe the only... Only guy, Brantley probably too, but the only the only guy that would probably would be you could probably say with a pretty strong degree of certainty would start at Michigan, and then to also lose uh, to to lose a starting cornerback. I mean that's not great. It's not good. So uh, it, it does beg the question: What is going on in East Lansing? I want to know if we'll ever find out what why this is, why they're losing the, their their stars, their leaders, the guys that you would expect uh, and uh, expect to, to do anything for them. And that probably changes. I thought they were maybe a 6-6 six and six team this year. And now that it's the Noah Kim show, I believe it was a Kattenhauser that also entered the transfer portal earlier, uh, if I'm not mistaken. It's you're, you're becoming really increasingly thin at positions you do not want to be thin at. Michigan fans can tell you all about that, right? So um, it's it's a bad situation because now it's like, who's your running back? Who's your who's your quarterback? You know, it's and maybe they luck up, right? Because on the Mark D'Antonio era, it seemed like, 
oh man, now that guy's gone. Who's going to take over? And it was kind of, there wasn't quite like Ohio State with the quarterback situation, but to go from, and they had some pauses, right? But to go from essentially uh, Connor Cook, or sorry, <laughs> Connor Cook is the end game there. To go from um, Kirk Cousins to Andrew Maxwell, who wasn't that good, to Connor Cook, it, it that's kind of an embarrassment of riches just to go from, you know, the one to the essentially the third there. Now it's what are they going to even cobble together? Who are they going to even throw the ball to? I mean, Trey Mosley would be the other guy. He tweeted out something saying, uh, you know, it's still it's still going to work. I'm like, is it? Okay. But you hate to see it <laughs> almost as much as you hate to see uh, Rich Eisen going on and uh, making the the comment about DJ Turner uh, out during the draft of about, uh, you know, you, you just want a guy who knows how to win in Ohio. Um, but it's uh, when you, it's one of those things you live by the sword, you die by the sword. If you live by the transfer portal, you die by the transfer portal. This is the importance about setting up a culture. Right. And uh, it, it's. And why maybe you wait a minute with Mel Tucker. I understand LSU was potentially coming in hot and heavy for Mel Tucker. But if I was Michigan State, I would not have committed $100 million over 10 years because just because he beat Michigan twice. One year was the COVID year. The other year was, okay, congratulations, you did it. it that really is a commendable thing that he was able to do it. But he did it on the back of one player, really, Kenneth Walker Jr. Or Kenneth Walker III, rather. So maybe you wait before you you just give like beyond generational wealth. Because now if you have your second straight losing season, three and four, he's a guy who's had, you know, coached this. He's coached four years total, right? He's had one winning season. It was 2021. One, five and seven at Colorado. And then you had the, the two, was it two and four COVID year? Uh, 11 and two. Or no, sorry. Yeah, eleven and two. That's right. In twenty twenty one, and then five and seven again. There's no indication that Mel Tucker is like a really good football coach. It kind of. I mean, I understand he's a tough football coach. He's tough minded. Remember having this conversation when Kalen Gervin was still on the team. Uh, he was at the tough event with uh, some of those guys, and I'm close with Kalen Gervin because uh, he, uh, you know, he was Cast Tech guy. You know, Michigan was. A guy, you know, Michigan wasn't really that into him, but he was really into Michigan. And I asked him the difference between Mark D'Antonio and Mel Tucker, and he said, oh, he, Mel Tucker's way tougher. He's he's kind of a hard A, you know. But uh, it's, it's clearly not working, and I don't think anyone that uh, is a fan of Michigan football is going to shed a single tear over it. All right, that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back on Tuesday. We'll find out what we talk about then. <laughs> so thanks for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.